along Scott running to order yourself a pair of the new Ultra Carbon RC. These shoes are designed for races where the train is fast and flowing and are hitting our shores late June. As I said, go to scottrunning.nz to check them out. It's a pre-order. Uh, Wild Things, they're the Aotearoa trail running institution that you got to get along to. I did, and I got myself another brown bag delivery from Rob the other day with the happy trails written on it. Thanks, Rob. Um, good deals to be had in that shop, and you can... You can avail yourselves of them if you get the discount. As a VIP member, head along, wildthings.club, check it out, use the DCR discount. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Now, I'm happy I'm on the perp. Like Hayden Hawks, Ruth Croft, Dan Jones, Sean Collins, uh, Sam Harvey, all on the perp, all far superior runners than I am, all running in like the mountains and the canyons and stuff like that. And I'm just trotting around, little old riverhead. But, man, Currens, go to Currens.com. Co.nz, check them out, check out what the studies have to say if you want to feel better, if you want to have your recovery enhanced, um, and they'll even give you a money back guarantee if they're not enhancing your recovery. I mean, you're not going to get to, if, if you say, hey, look, I, I didn't uh, win Tuttle with 100k like Dan Jones did, you know, you're not going to get your money back. But if you're not, you know, if you're not satisfied, they'll give you your money back. Currens.co.nz. Go something like further, faster, there in Christchurch Rocky is hairy and so is Badger Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious Go further, faster, now Go further, faster, there in Christchurch Rocky is hairy and so is Badger Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious Go further, faster, now Dirt Radio Episode 243 of Dirt Radio I'm Matt Raymond And I'm Eugene Bingham Tēnā katoa Apologies for the Snotty sounding voice. Uh, we got called out on the old instas just recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. We, we did a little. It was a little bit of bullying. Bit of online bullying. Yeah, yeah Miss Miss R Croft. Yeah, of the West Coast. Is, is, have we um, looked her up? Is she. Who is she? She lives on the west coast of New Zealand, so she's probably gone and borrowed the computer oh, and, um, yeah, you know, got onto the Instagram and then used and, it um, to harass us about entering har- Old Ghost. Well, I mean, I for one was not going to put up with it, so I'm going to go and do Old Ghost. Yeah, me too. I, so I won't stand for being pushed around by Ruth Croft on the internet, so I too am I'm going to go and do Old Ghost. Um, yeah, as per you know, when you get a royal decree from the Queen, you must comply. <laughs> but um, I'm apart, apart from have our heads chopped off. <laughs> Which is not conducive to running or podcasting. So, yeah, no, that was fun. Apart from that, apart from being sort of cyberbullied at the start of the week, how how are you going? Yeah, good, good, good. Had a, a good couple of weeks of training, um, notwithstanding snotty sounding voice. Um, yeah, it was good. We had a good run this morning out in the forest. We did. It's beautiful. Yeah, just lovely. Good to see you again. And, you know, our, with our our schedules, we've been like ships in the night, but it was good to catch up, yeah. get a good run in and, and sort of just excited about, you know, what's ahead. Yeah. And I mean, my God, speaking of someone who really is excited about things and yeah. was excited for and is excited for the path ahead. This week, we have an absolutely stonking episode with Alex Bazina. Um Okay, the Lost Hobbit. He's an Australian runner. He came across the ditch and smashed out a formidable Nobo, uh, which is south to north on the Tiaroa Trail. So most people start at the top of the North Island and work their way down to the bottom. Old Alex, he wanted 
to do it the other way to get maximum sort of Lord of the Rings uh, scenery, which he does talk a lot about um, in the podcast. And I, for one, am totally here for it. Yeah. Well, when you but, say he talks about it a lot. I think you're both responsible, frankly. Oh, look, I need to make no apologies for that. Make no apologies for that whatsoever. But um, we, yeah, apart from that, he went north to south. So he did 3,000 kilometers in 60 days. He was running an average of 50K a day. And Alex is a uh, conservation scientist, uh, started running during COVID lockdown and discovered that he loved it. So if you think about how long the man has been running yeah. and he's, he's gone and just, you know, run the length of the country and uh, he combined his two two loves, running and Lord of the Rings, and came to see Mount Doom, which is Mount Ngarahoe, all for himself. Um, we talk about his motivation, his mindset, logistical uh all the logistical curveballs. And we were saying this morning, hey, like some people kind of describe to you how uh, epic things were. I think Alex with his corridor, he he just demonstrated. And, yeah. and I, I challenge anyone not to come away from this feeling a degree of inspiration for, you know, whatever you think your next adventure is. Mm. Regardless of, of, of the size or the scope or the span. Yeah, it was sort of, it wasn't, and it's not just like everyone has to go out there and run to Arara, but I certainly came away no. thinking of like, yeah, just, you know, pursue those adventures and do yeah. the things that you want to do because life is short. And and having spent, you know, relatively short amounts of time on Te Arara, and also in the dark, you know, I, I when he said it's so easy to miss those little markers, it absolutely is. Oh yeah, you know the little the little orange triangle. Yeah, yeah. hell just, yeah. Yeah. Let alone phone on one percent. Anyway, he'll <laughs> save up for that story. Um, we should do this. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest run ever. Greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. It might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. Send them into us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from Chris. As is the case, we all tend to one-up our greatest run ever, and my New Year's Eve run to round out 2022 was it. I was with my family and friends in Moana on the West Coast, enjoying a stunning day on Lake Brunner with jet boats and jet skis, which were enjoyed a lot by my nine-year-old daughter for the first time. We're on the last full day of our nine-day camping holiday, exploring Lewis Pass in the West Coast area over the festive break, the first proper holiday we'd had in our daughter's lifetime due to my wife working in hospo prior to starting with the oh-so-amazing Further Faster. Whilst on the lake during the day, I was in awe of Mount Tekinga, 1,204 metres of beauty guarding the lake. Covered in stunning native forest almost to the top where there was a small patch of alpine flora. So a quick look on the Wild Things Amazing Trail directory and I found what I was after and set myself a goal of kicking off in the late afternoon once we were all back at our friend's batch. So, and he goes into here into quite a detail of his uh, trail attire, which, you know, you can find at furtherfaster.com. It's not an <laughs> advert for it, but he, he's stoked. Um and so he says, you know, he, he got changed and he drove the 10 minutes in the hot afternoon sun to the start of the trail. He had a small chat with an old guy sitting in his chair next to the camper van while we discussed how hot it was and my intentions of summiting. A glance at the trail sign told me this trail was for experienced fit hikers only and would be eight hours return. I set off with intention, ran what I could and hiked the steep technical route covered trail. Luckily the trail wasn't boggy as was mentioned by another guy at the start who said it tends to be. I pushed myself pretty hard trying to get out of the forest into some breeze amongst 
amongst the alpine bush. I finally got into the open just over one hour after I started where it started to cloud over, which was a cool relief. Shortly later, I summited and decided to video call my wife and daughter down below in Moana, where I got to show them the non-existent view. Feeling festive and a little emotional, I also video called my parents to celebrate the summit. They thought I was a bit mad. <laughs> the reason was a bit emotional because I just made it to the end of my first year sober, which has helped my anxiety and depression tenfold and allowed me to be more open to new challenges and setting bigger goals. Once I finished those calls, I took a big sip of tailwind and decided to give it my all on the descent, which is something I really enjoy. Hoping to beat my 140 time up by 20 to 30 minutes, I took off and gave it my all. I exited the trail two hours and 49 minutes after I started feeling accomplished and grateful for my mind and body. I staggered past the old boy at his camper van and he couldn't believe I made it back to the top in such a short time. I wished him a good day and proceeded to walk into the lake to cool down. What a way to spend a New Year's Eve. I reckon it's got to be on the cards for the next one for sure. So with lots of love and gratefulness, I head into 2023 with new challenges and goals. Sober. Brilliant, Chris. That was fantastic. Um, I love the, the idea of the old guy sitting there going... <laughs> So did you give up? No, I've been to the top and back. What? Yeah, yeah. Love it. Brilliant. Thank you, Chris. Um, the rest of you, keep sending them in to us. People love hearing them and they love reading them on the website too and you can do that on our website. Okay, on to the main event, our chat with Alex Bazina, a.k.a. The Lost Hobbit. As we mentioned at the top, Alex has recently completed the Te Araroa Trail, running from Bluff in the south to Cape Reunga in the north in 60 days. He was inspired by Brooke Thomas's amazing TA effort and her chat on DCR episode 128, so if you want to check that out, please do. He contacted... Uh, and he contacted Brooke, which is an amazing story, and also uh, Brooke's coach, Adam Keane. And then he came over and just knocked the bastard off. So here it is, Alex Pazina. Ditch Radio. Hey, what's that cool artwork on your wall there? Oh, um, it's, uh, you guys ever seen Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> Oh yeah, is it is it is it Naruto or someone like that? Uh it's Trunks. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, a big, uh, big, big anime fan, especially growing up. And I think like um, definitely, uh, I loved all like the training montages they always have in like anime. It's, really, uh, it's like half the time when I'm training for something like now, it's just I always compare it to that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I mean, Alex, let's let's get into it. Welcome to Dirt Trash Radio. Um, you only went and bloody ran across up Aotearoa. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Um, a lot better than I thought I was going to be, to be honest. I thought I was just going to be shattered for like a good six months. But like aside from, I, I think for the first like couple of weeks, my feet were a little bit tender um, and... My knees were like, I felt like my joints had like aged 20 years. But aside from that, I, was, I felt pretty good. I was real stoked. If your joints had aged 20 years, you'd be my age. Oh, so Still doing pretty good then. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the thing I love about like trail running and stuff, right? It's like people running into their like 70s. And it's, it's so hectic. I love it. Not to yeah. say being 70. Was that something that, I mean, did you notice that as the run went on or was it just like afterwards you're like, oh, I'm smashed? I think the South Island, definitely not as much. But when I got to the North Island, because there's a lot more road sections, I think I started to feel it a bit more. Like definitely the pavement definitely starts to start to wear away after a while. So Yeah. Because um, that section from the top down to Auckland, 
like heaps of people turn up at Jeff Chappell, the founder of Teatro, they bang on his door and go, you lied, I was <laughs> expecting mountains and there was just roads and stuff. Yeah, and they, hop, they go to the airport and leave the country. It's, well, that's like the funniest part, right? Because it was like so many people are like, because there's so many like hikers that you pass along the way. And um, it was real cool because like I'd say about half the people going like southbound hikers that I met were just like, you could probably skip the majority of the North Island. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't tell me that. Like, but, then, but then you get like the other half and they'd be like, don't listen to them. It's real cool. It's like, it's very different, but it's cool for other reasons. And I was like, I was, I was still pretty hopeful. I, I did still really enjoy the North. So I'm glad, glad I kept going. <laughs> There's an amazing section. Well, I think it's amazing up uh, around Whangarei through Teal Bay. Oh, yeah. Up over all the, uh, the high chaparral, the... Yeah, I just I love that part. Oh, it was it was actually really nice getting to the North Island because um, I like I grew up in like a coastal town and so I'm like pretty used to having the the, the sort of beach at least nearby and going every couple of weeks and I was like I'd kind of been missing that a little bit on the south and then there's so much beach running it's like just when I like got to the north and just like oh the even the end of the south and just smelling like the salt water it was just like I kind of felt it felt like home it was really nice <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's let's rewind even further and kind of state the thing of, of like, not only did you, you know, did you run Teodoro? You hold the fastest known time on the northbound. So that started. You started in Bluff and ran to Cape Rianga. What made you choose? What made you choose the the sort of? It seems it's not the one that people normally do. Well, <laughs> it's a. Uh... To be honest, it's just it's like the nerdiest reason in the world. But um, because I mean, obviously, I'm a giant Lord of the Rings fan, and I was like, you know, Mount Doom's close to the end. Mount Doom has to be near the end of the journey, right? You got to do it on the back end. So it's like I can't do the North Arm first because that's just it's crazy. <laughs> and um, I was uh, so I even went to the point um, we have like like my family had the replica or like a replica of the one ring since we were like little kids and I ended up wearing one around my neck for the, the I didn't take it off until we'd done the Tongariro crossing. I was like, I have to wear it the entire time. <laughs> I can take it off after that. So that was, uh, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, there's definitely, I've heard so many better reasons to choose a direction, but I was just like, you know what? This works for me. I'm happy to go with this. <laughs> so out of the, out of the, out of the three people on this call, Two of the people are massive Lord of the Rings fans. <laughs> One of them has never read Lord of the Rings. What are you doing? <laughs> are we talking we'll, about? I will this... let you work that out. Which one's? <laughs> which one's that one? That's. Is that the one? Nah, can't. I don't know. The Lord of the Rings or something? Or yes, something? Lord of the Rings. What? One Lords of us. The rings. One of us might have a. The Lords of one, the Ring. That's, that's right. <laughs> one of the two of us might have a piece of the party tree that they went to Hobbiton and actually broke off the tree and smuggled out of there in like a special place in their house. And the other one is Eugene. So, uh, <laughs> I, I've got to say, I'm incredibly jealous. That's friggin' awesome. <laughs> My heart rate, I felt like, yeah, sorry to anyone listening. Um, it, was, it was a poor, poor decision, which I regretted at the time. So. Do you don't, really no, regret you it though? Not anymore, no. I feel so stoked whenever I look at that bow on my, you know, it's not. Your mouth is like saying a, that, your face is not. <laughs> it's not like a branch. I mean, yeah, it's just a little bit. There's a little bit of guilt. Yeah, 
I mean, uh, let, let's be clear, let's because for, for just in case there is someone on this podcast who's what is where is Mount Doom? Mount Doom's part of it's like Mount. Oh, I don't. I want to say the name because I'm so Ruapehu or Tongariro? No, it's no, uh, it's the Tongariro crossing, but it's Mount Nauru. Mount Ahoy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm really oh, bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, you're good. Okay, but yeah, right. it's uh, that. Yeah, it's it's um. The well, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, you probably, you probably, probably just from other TV shows and stuff that reference them. But it's like the big end goal of Lord of the Rings. So it was like that was kind of like when I sort of start, like even sort of starting this, um, like starting to think about doing this. I was like, even if I don't make it to the end, if I can make it to Mount Doom, I was like, that is good enough for me. I'd be so stoked. So I was just like, that was a, it was a really cool. Really cool moment, um, and it was like, so the reason why, I mean, well, there's plenty of reasons, but the, the main reason why, like, I'm such a big Lord of the Rings fan is because Dad is, and so he, like, read it to us when we were little kids. It's like bedtime stories. That's and awesome. So, and because he was like, it was, I mean, there's no, like, I literally, it was, it is the biggest team effort. Like, this is, this is like, I mean, like, can't call it my run because it's like it's me and my dad's like without a doubt like it's like i would not have made it past day two without him and it was just so he was literally like samwise for me so i was like he has to be there for the tongariro crossing he's gotta come and i was like i don't care if we take like an entire day like to do the crossing i just want to make sure that me and dad do it together but Little did I know, he's just crazy fit, and we ended up smashing it out in about four hours, and it's like twenty k. <laughs> just like powered through it. I was so stoked. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So Eugene, the the Samwise Frodo thing is is. Do you know anything about it? Like, do you like <laughs> they, all joking aside? Is there do you a know movie? anything? Is there a movie? Three, there's three movies. You be quiet. <laughs> you watch it. Do you know anything about the plot at all? Not really. No. Okay. <laughs> There's a ring, and it's. Really I researched bad. other stuff before this interview. Okay, Alex. I don't research Lord of the Rings. All right. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> Matthew's given me his. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Look. <laughs> I, I, I've got to say, the walk. It's kind of warranted. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Uh, we can talk about we've got a four-hour run. We've got a four-hour run on set on, on Sunday, <laughs> so we can we can talk all about it. But look, all joking aside, all I mean, we can save it for the Lord of the Rings focus, uh, you know, Patreon only when we do. Um, <laughs> that no one will listen to. But um, oh, you'll have a huge. I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually have any. Sort of I won't. <laughs> so. I mean, what, you know, we've established that you, you, you got into it. You, 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 you didn't even like running pre-COVID. What, what changed? Um, that's a good question. I, uh, I think, I mean, COVID was a weird time for everybody. <laughs> just, and uh, I think running COVID... I was, it was actually really funny because it was like I was also I mean I wouldn't say research but I was just kind of like reread over reread over reread over your bios on your website before before this and I was just like thinking one of them one of you guys has like running kind of saved your life and it's like yeah yeah and it's like I kind of really like like I don't know I was like during COVID I feel like I kind of hit this weird 
wouldn't say maybe not rock bottom, but it was just kind of like a low point. And um, I found that running was just like, because before I used to hate it. And the only exercise I really do before that was I did, I just went to like the gym and then I started getting a little bit into gymnastics and like handstands and stuff. But then, yeah, during COVID, I think I was just going through this period and I found that like, there was something about, especially as the runs got like longer and longer, it was just such a, I mean, so many, and not even just like there's the, it, it, it does feel like meditation, but there's all, there's so many different aspects to it. It's like, there's that sort of whole kind of like you get out of your own head and it's just kind of like you relax and you don't think about things. And, but then there's also the different points where it's like, it's almost like, I love, uh, trail running's my favorite, but I also kind of love running through the city because there's like crowds and you kind of have to duck and weave between people and it almost becomes this like kind of game which is like mm. you try to hit these little gaps that like you know you're probably being a little stupid but it's just good fun but i kind of found that i'd feel the most myself during the middle of a run and i kind of really love that and it just slowly built from there and um mm. and i was just doing these sort of um I guess runs around the city and then I'm the, so I've got two older brothers and a younger sister, but I'm the, I'm the youngest of the brothers and my two older brothers have always been like crazy fit. And I remember going for this run with my, like one of my older brothers and he'd always been fitter than me, just like always. And it was just like, I think we did a half marathon and I just remember outrunning him. And I was just like, this is the first time I've been better than him, like anything to do with athletics ever. And I was like, this is awesome. And I thought like, it's kind of, I just remember thinking that day, I was like, I think I've kind of found my sport. <laughs> it's like, this is, hey, this is for me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of from there. Um, I was just doing. Well, just, just yeah. before you do that, what, I'm always intrigued. Why did you, st- like, what, why running? Like, what's, what was that going through your head that first moment you thought, you know what, I'm going to put on a pair of shoes and I'm going to go outside and go for a run? That's a good question. I, I'd done little runs here and there, but I kind of really remember at the time. I think I was just kind of having a bit of a crap day and I was just like, even though, I don't know, running usually during, I absolutely hate it. Afterwards, I always feel pretty good. And so I just kind of went for, yeah, I went for that run and then I, it was like maybe the, and then I was like, maybe I should make this a bit more of a pattern and, or a habit. And um, after a week or two, I started to enjoy it more and more. And that feeling of like enjoying it didn't, I mean, it started creeping into the actual middle of the run rather than just being at the end. And it just sort of hmm. went from there. <laughs> so yeah. it was definitely, definitely one of those things where I was, yeah, just, I, I'm still shocked by how much I enjoy it. Like, cause I used, I hated cross country at school. I would never run it. I would always walk it. And even it's like, and so yeah, until about three years ago, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to really run three k without stopping. And it's just so it's, just, it's been it's been a, yeah it's been a, been a wild couple of years. <laughs> did you where did you grow up? You grew up in in Brisbane or? Uh, no, so I grew up down um, in a little town called like Kiama. Um, so it's about like two hours south of Sydney in New South Wales. Um, but it's just a little little coastal town. But yeah, I, um, I moved up to Brisbane. Uh, oh, in 2016 um for uni and yeah i um i've just kind of been back and forth since but uh i yeah so i was not not a runner until i got to Brisbane, 
and even just yeah. for a couple first couple of years and after. <laughs> yeah, were you sporty at all? Or? No, so I mean, it's so it's really funny. I um, I was like the laziest kid ever between like year seven and maybe my first year of university, and like all I did when I would get home would be like watch TV. Like I'd probably seen the Scrubs TV series ten times through at least. <laughs> like absolute favorite for me. But yeah, just binge watch TV, all that sort of stuff, and then. It sounds kind of bad, but it was like, I think I needed a little bit of tough love. And it was really funny. So my older brother, because he was pretty into the gym, I think I was 19 at the time. And I remember we were just sitting there having dinner. And she's like, looking at me. He's like, what are you looking at? She's like, dude, you got a double chin. He's like, this is completely unacceptable. You're 19, you got a double chin. You're coming to the gym with me tomorrow. (laughs) And so I went to the gym with him. And then, um, yeah, that was like the first time I'd done proper exercise in ages and at first, I kind of hated it, but then I started to get into it. And then I started, um, yeah, I think I got really into hiking. And I remember mum and dad have always been really into hiking. But um, as I got like, to like teenage years, sort of hate everything that mum and dad do. So I, I can't get out of that. And then I realized that once I actually had a little bit of fitness behind me, hiking was like one of my favorite things to do. And yeah, it just kind of went from there. So I definitely, I wouldn't say I have a very sporty background. I just kind of like fell into it a little bit in the last like yeah five five years <laughs> yeah. i like how and i think i'm always sort of drawn more to people whose identity i mean because you're very very you know you're n- relatively new to the sport and you've done something incredible but that identity like remains like you still love tv you still love Lord of the Rings. You still love Dragon Ball Z. All all that kind of stuff. I really like that. It's a really, for someone so, like, I mean, notwithstanding you ran the length of a country, uh, making some, it would be so easy to make this your complete identity. Yeah, I um, I definitely feel like it's taken over, like, I wouldn't say it completely, but it's definitely taken over a good portion of it. But I think underneath it all, um, the thing that really, really sort of drew me to running and uh, especially trail running and the main reason why I did this, it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily for running. It was more just to get outside. It's like, I think like um, I'd been reading, especially during COVID with being stuck inside, I'd been reading a lot of adventure books and just um, – a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess, books of people doing incredible things. And um, I think the two the two biggest ones that I remember reading were, um, were was like The Art of Resilience. It's like that Ross Edgley one about how he swam around Great Britain. Great book, yeah. Tongue fell out. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, mental. <laughs> couldn't believe it. And then, um, uh, I mean, the absolute classic Born to Run. And it was just like, I was like, ah. Oh. And then I think after after um, the art of resilience, I read read um, Ross Edgley's uh, like other uh, I think his two other books, but the the blueprint and just talking about sort of making your own kind of like athletic adventure. And I was like, that'd be really freaking cool. It's like I've always wanted to go like I mean, obviously you know all the nerdy stuff. Always want to go on your own adventure and stuff like that. And I was like, I mean, I so I'd finished my masters during COVID and job like. Job hunting was just wasn't fantastic because the job market, um, and especially in Australia, like wildlife was just rubbish at the time. And so I was like, 
I kind of needed something to focus on. And um, I guess I kind of was looking for, I was trying to figure out a bit more about who I was. And I remember chatting to my dad because I was like, I'd had uni and other things to focus on, I guess, like sort of like, I guess, define yourself by for such a long time. And then all of a sudden I was just like jobless, finished uni. I was like, kind of really know who I was. And I remember dad telling me, he was like, it's great to have these things to, I guess, define yourself by, but there's always going to be periods in your life when they run out or they stop or they're not there. And he's like, he basically said, the best thing that you can do is figure out what your values are and that they, I guess, like things that you enjoy. And if you can define yourself by those, then it's like those things will never change. It's like no matter what's going on in your life, you can always look at those things and be happy with yourself if you're living up to them. And I was like, like that's really cool and i was like all right cool i love exercise i love the environment i've always wanted to do an adventure i might not be able to like i don't have a job at the moment but i can at least start planning and doing something about it so that was really 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 cool so um, yeah it definitely i think it was just a culmination of things but it definitely was like literally the perfect time <laughs> so it's <was> really good <laughs> what what did you study uh, so I my my undergrad was zoology and then my my, my master's was like conservation science so that's uh, the the whole wildlife tie-in kind of came mm. from there. It was um, so uh, my masters. Unfortunately, my research was all remote because it was obviously peak COVID. Um, but uh, all of my all the data that I was like analyzing came from uh, like a little Kiwi sanctuary in Haas on the South Island, and I was like, "Oh wow!" So I was like, "This is awesome." I was like, "I need to get." I was like, "I need to like get back over to New Zealand," and I was like. Lord of the Rings tie-in, New Zealand's such a beautiful country, and I was just like, and you guys do such a good job with conservation, and my master's research there is like was there, so I was like, it's all kind of tying and it's working. And then it was actually really funny because the first, I initially thought that I was going to have a crack at trying to like triathlon New Zealand, so like sort of uh, <laughs> run the South Island, swim the gap, and then ride the north, and I was like... <laughs> Realized that I am not a strong swimmer and it would be way too ambitious to try and like train for three things at once. So I was like, I might try and uh, reel it in. And then um, my my mate that, uh, so my mate, um, the reason I got, was able to get all that data from that Kiwi sanctuary is that my mate worked there and he was basically like, he's always been really into like running and he was listens to the podcast and he sent me the, the Brooke at like uh, Brooks episode. And he was basically just like, give this a listen. And then I was like, it sounds awesome. Perfect. I'll do this. <laughs> oh, so we partly to blame. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dad's furious. It's great. <laughs> I th- I can't. I've never heard anyone wanting to try it. Like I have so many thoughts about that. Did you eat? As did you? What was your cheesecake intake? You big Ross Edgley fan. Oh, he's he's a fan of cheesecake. Um. Did you eat a lot of cheesecake on your run or in training? In training, a bit more. On the run, oh, we didn't have too much access to cheesecake, but any chance that I had, I got. And then my so my brother and my mom came and visited for a week, and but the day they left, they bought me this big slice of like Oreo cheesecake. I was really stoked about that. And then when I got home, I didn't fly back into Brisbane. I flew back to like um, my parents' house and stayed there for a week before I came back to Brisbane. 
Mum baked me three cheesecakes while I was back home. It was just incredible. Because, <laughs> uh, oh my God. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's the same for, I don't know if it's the same for all runners, but like food is like 90% of the reason why I like running because then I can just eat whatever <laughs> what I want. It's a, oh. And so, yeah, that was, I was real stoked about that. <laughs> That's some prize. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Made it all worth it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I mean, I think there are definitely, it's interesting, isn't it, when you, undertake something again it keeps coming back to this thing about like running terror it's a huge amount like um and and you're right cheesecake factory shops not so many in the southern alps uh or you know the middle of the north island but what i mean what were you fueling with oh that was like the best part right so i remember thinking oh i'm gonna have to be super healthy like gonna just have to like eat you know pure health food whatever's like the most efficient fuel and then started and i was like yeah nah that's not gonna work and then i'd been eating just trash and then in the south island adam came and ran with me for a couple of days which was like just i was stoked about and he's just sitting there and he's like i was like talking to him about it i was like like should i be eating a certain way he's like no nah, dude he's like whatever you're craving get your dad to get he's like whatever your body wants is good just eat it and i was like this is the best news i've gotten <laughs> like and so i was just i'd say my average day, I would at least eat like one of the family size packet of chips as like a snack. Um, like a block of chocolate was pretty regular. Um, and then just like trying to eat as much as I could. But I, sat, I never really, like that was kind of the nice thing. I, I never really felt like I had to force myself, which was definitely good. So it was, um, mm. oh yeah, and multiple packs like sourworms, dinosaurs, and all that sort of So nothing healthy, just anything that was super high calorie. Salty <laughs> foods was the way to go. I was just right. Oh, I, was, I was in heaven. That was my favorite part. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cookie time. Cookie time is fantastic. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, so I'd had it once before because I'd been over once before, and I'd been telling my dad about it, about how much I loved it. I think it was day – must have been the end of day two because, yeah, so day one um, was like – just a mostly flat it was pretty i mean relatively comparatively not not too extreme but then day two i remember um it just ended up being longer than i was expecting it to and there was way more mud than i was expecting and i didn't, I didn't get to dad until like 9 p.m and i just remember i was getting there i was miserable i was like day two this has been brutal i've got so much ahead of me i saw that and i was like real stoked to see him and he's like got a surprise for you and he's like got to the van and he just pulls out like one of those like massive packets of cookie time cookies and i was just like this is exactly what i need right now i was just so happy oh my god so and then he just kept doing that for like the rest of the trip it was like anytime i was just having like an absolute shock of a day just any 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 way he could he just try and try and bring me up it was it was amazing i yeah yeah <laughs> he was uh yeah Earned his weight in gold as supposed to Port Krugos. <laughs> <laughs> what was the so you've heard some crazy podcast, you've set your mind on doing this run. What was the I'm always what was the logistics of actually arranging it and and jumping in and doing it? Like what did you have to sort out to be able to even start running? Uh, so I'm not particularly an organized individual. And uh, this is definitely <laughs> one of the areas that I struggle with a bit. But um, 
thankfully my dad is really organized and so like he was able to sort of compensate that for me. <laughs> but uh i think the big things like the main things that we had to figure out in advance was just um having some sort of like van trying to figure out where we would stay um for most nights and then uh well we i had sort of created this like itinerary that i was trying to follow but it's pretty much after the first week, it was just thrown out the window because you just you can't plan for anything. And I was just like, oh. Um, but the biggest things for sure was basically just the van. And then we kind of just, I, don't, I wouldn't say we like figured it all out as we went, but I think I was kind of, <laughs> it was very like a bootleg version of the TA because I feel like it was just, we were very, it was just very much just me and my dad. And we had like, the smallest like juicy van you can get and so uh, it was just yeah it was literally just the two of us just figuring out like because like neither of us have done anything like this before <laughs> so just like working it out as you go it's kind of i was really lucky though because um brooke like was just an amazing source of knowledge and uh it was really funny so i'd messaged her before like a couple months before i'd started being like oh hey like i'm thinking about doing this um do you have any advice like did you like did you enjoy it kind of a thing um and she was like super nice and replied and then just sort of like i think it's just sort of stopped replying and i was like super fair everyone's busy that's completely understandable and i think it was it was either the day before i started or the day i started i got like five messages from brooke just being like holy crap you're serious she's like i'm so so sorry and she just started like sent me so many and she was lit a lifesaver because she'd like any any time we like came up to a section where we weren't really sure what was going to be happening, me and dad would just like, either one of us would just message Brooke and she'd be like, oh, like, here's what we did. Here's like, this is what like the way to approach it. Can you get a like vehicle in there? Yeah, you can. No, you can't. And I was just, oh man, so lovely. And and George as well because I was, um, I got to meet George uh, on the North Island Um because we me and dad were meant to catch the ferry across and take the van over, but the ferry was having issues the like week we were supposed to be catching. Ah, uh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> and, uh, but it worked out because, um, I was able to fly from Picton to Wellington. I feel so bad for my dad. My dad had to drive the van back to Christchurch and then fly from Christchurch to Auckland and then drive a new van all the way down to Wellington, <laughs> which was just brutal. Oh. <laughs> so absolute top four from him, man. I, I was like, couldn't believe it. I was like, so you're complaining about traveling 3,000 kilometers. He's going, mate. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is nothing. There's <laughs> <was> nothing. <laughs> Done that in a day. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I was just like, I was, I was so stoked that he did that. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, what am I going to do when I get into Wellington? And, and, and George was just like, he came and picked me up from the airport and then ran with me for like 20Ks that day. And then the next day, he ran with me almost the entire day. And he was just wow. like, like, oh, I think I was my favorite part of it was just like, the two people that held the record, I mean, I was like, I had no I had no idea what to expect when I met him, but it was just like literally the two most welcoming, nicest people and just like most down-to-earth people. And I was just like, and they were just, yeah, I just, I was blown out. And I was like, it was like my, I was, I was telling, so I was telling Brooke this, um, uh, a couple of weeks back at, um, oh, the Katoomba at the, uh, Cause she, yeah, because I was supporting her there. I saw this. I was like, I think my favorite takeaway from it is like, is that, I mean, obviously, I'm nowhere near like 
they just they both absolutely blew it out of the water. But to even be in like this sort of like wider group of people that they're in, it's just like I'm so stoked because they're like two of the coolest people I've ever met. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. so that was a real cool takeaway for me. <laughs> I I wouldn't. Uh, I'm interested to see what and circle back to see what you think of a more traditional ultra distance race like a big one like uta but like i was hanging out with adam at riverhead relapse right and brooke was there too and i had the misfortune to live near riverhead and got to do his washing for him and and <laughs> and he was he was sweaty man he'd been hanging out with you he'd been running with you the final couple of k's he was adam was smoked like you were you were doing like he said he's got he was like He's running on the roads. He's doing five fifteen a k for like big, big chunks. He was yeah. You 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 give him a bit of a kicking around, man. I think he might be overselling me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, as we know, as we know, he's a man of few words, right? Oh, so yeah. like, he, if he's if he's saying something, I, I I tend to listen. But yeah, what did you make of you know having done this, like you say, this kind of bootleg, very personal? It was you and your dad a juicy care, uh, camper, you know, going up the country. What did you make about something like Katoomba and, and, and UTA? How was that for you? Oh, that was super cool. So, like, before the TA, I'd, I've, I ran, I've run, I ran a marathon, I think, that May. And then um, before that, I think I'd done, like, a sprint triathlon. But that were, that were the only two events that I've, like, ever been to. And so going to that, like, so cool so cool to see the community that gets around it like so cool to see and i was just like i was i'm not gonna lie so i was like finished tea i was feeling pretty chuffed so like, oh, maybe i can actually i'm like not a de- not a bad runner then i went there and i was like oh my god these people would freaking smoke me i got nothing <laughs> no but it was it was epic and just like everyone's so welcoming i met um uh sam sam harvey um yeah, he was like, it was, that was actually a real funny attraction. But yeah, he was also like, yeah, it was real, real nice because I, I was chatting to him um, about like the backyard that he just won. And then he was like, he's like, oh yeah, I'd heard you mention. And I was like, you named Lost Hobbit. He's like, I'm really stoked that you actually kind of look like one because I was a little bit worried that I was going <laughs> to eat you and you're going to be like this tall dude that looked nothing like Albert. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, so yeah, Hobbits are kind of, you know, short and curly hair. <laughs> Where did they come from? Yeah, no. The Shire. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, even someone like Sam who, you know, admittedly, you know, ninth place um, can, you know, can bring it in terms of the, the mental fortitude. He he was basically like, I was in second place till a bit for the first like 20K and then it like this group of dudes caught me and, and basically just kicked the shit out of me. And, and, you know, like just how fast they were, how aggressive they were and just, smoked them and it's true though hey for that kind of terrain just how fast people go it's just it's mind-boggling oh it's crazy and i was sitting there like oh i like even because so we were we were support supporting brooke and she was like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try and try and pace myself and we got to we were at the 50k the first checkpoint she comes in in first and we're just like what is happening <laughs> just like she's just smashing it. and it's just i couldn't believe how quickly they were moving it was hectic like but um and i definitely it, it definitely has made me want to i guess you know um have a crack at I, i'd love to so i was thinking about running or having a go at the um 
in Brisbane, we've got the Guzzler, which has like 100K, and I was thinking about maybe yeah. having a go at that because um, it's like actually a lot of the track is where I did a lot of my training for the TA because it's some of the only places around that you can get any elevation. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, it'd be kind of cool to I run one there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was definitely a cool experience. It's cool to actually want to, yeah, so I still don't really feel like a runner because even listening to this podcast, like chatting, like a lot of people there, they're like, oh, this person's here. I'd be like, I have no idea who that is. I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, am I supposed to? <laughs> it's like, oh, God. I remember, so the big one was um, actually for the, the Riverhead, uh, the, the backyard, Adam was like, like, you got to try and get down here for this. You got, like, if you can, he's like, Lazarus is here. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> but everybody knows who Lazarus is. I was like, and then, like, obviously, he told me, and I was like, "That's that's really freaking cool." I just, I'm so new to running. I don't know. I don't know the people. And I was like, literally, the to be honest, the main reason I was excited because like the only people that I really knew were they there were you two. <laughs> so I was like, "It'd be what? super cool to meet the Dirt Church boys." <laughs> Sitting the bar quite low, which is good. Uh, yeah, yeah, very low, very low. But you guys are underselling I mean, yourself. <laughs> I think the thing, I think the thing with someone like Lazarus is he'd love that you wouldn't know who he was. That's you know I think it's perfectly happy. He's, he's he's genuinely happy with his sort of his his cabal of backyard people and Barclay people, and then like maybe quite he, he he blends in, you know. I think yeah, it's the right attitude to have though. I like that. <laughs> For real. Hey, um, we've talked about Adam a few times. So we're talking about Adam Kane. Mm-hmm. So you did you when did you get in touch with him and? And what did he do to you? Cool. <laughs> it's a good question. Um, so it was actually after I listened to the the, the Brooke episode, I um, she was like, yeah, Adam was my coach. And I was like, I probably should get a coach. And he's got experience. He's coached somebody that's run the TA before. Perfect. Uh, this sounds awesome. And, yeah, so I just kind of um, e- emailed him and, and, and got in touch with him that way and, and – it was really good. It was uh, like, it's so nice to have, I guess, you know, a plan come through. You don't have to think about it. You just know what you need to do every day for training and stuff. And I remember, I remember just like thinking, especially telling people before, I was like, oh, it's just, it's, 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 it's so sort of ambitious. I don't expect people to react, I guess, well to me telling them this. And I remember telling my parents and, um, I thought I thought they were just gonna be like, "Why do you want to do this? This is stupid." But uh, yeah, I was I was I was very wrong. Dad was just like, "This sounds awesome. Let's go." <laughs> and I was like, "This is the reaction that I needed." <laughs> um, but it was the same thing with Adam. I remember emailing him, and he was like, "Oh, like, what are your goals?" And I was like, "Oh, I kind of want to do this." And I was just expecting him to be like, "He's got like no running experience. No way, this guy's gonna be able to do it." But he was just like, "Awesome, man. Let's go." And I was like, "Oh, this." Is- Perfect. And then I remember, I think it was like about a month out where I was like, I was really debating whether or not to pull, like, really pull the trigger. And I was like, oh, should we just do this? Or oh, maybe I should postpone it. I feel like I could always use more training. And so I like emailed him again and I was just like, oh, like, what do you think? And he was just like, yeah, you can be sweet. And I was like, oh, I was like, really needed that. <laughs> like, so yeah, he was really good. And then, I mean, such above and beyond coaching to the fact that it was like, I can't believe how he probably ran maybe like maybe like 300 Ks of the track with me, which is just wow. epic. And I was like, 
you never met me before. He, he rocked in at like a sort of the other end of Wanaka at like started the two thumbs track and came and did like an overnight thing with me. And I just remember the, I remember when I decided that I, I was like, I actually really like this guy was rocked up. We made it to the top of this thing. He's like, oh, I got a ton of snacks. I'm just like, what? He pulls this thing out and he just bought all these baked goods from the baker and he was like, have as many as you want. I was like, this is coaching. This is top tier coaching right here. This is exactly what I need. But yeah, it was just, yeah, it was awesome. And it was, um, and it was really funny because he's, he's, he's definitely a man of few words. But I think the first sort of sec, I think it was like first couple of days, it was very much like that. But then towards the end of the North Island when they, like he flew up and came, came and ran with me again. He was, uh, I feel like he started coming out of his shell a bit more and started to talk a lot more shit. And I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. This is great. <laughs> but uh, he was, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, I, I I had no idea what I was doing. So I don't, I don't think I would have been able to, wouldn't have been able to do it if I hadn't had a training plan from him. And even, even just like the fact that him and, him and Brooke came and they flew up to the North Island and ran with me. It was like that, that motivation boost just, it came, they came at the right time and it's just, exactly mm. what i needed it was um it's the exact same thing when like my uh so my my sister flew over and, and she was there for like the last week and uh and my one of my brothers flew over from mexico and my mom flew in and they were there for like i think it was like the third last week and i was just i remember they came at this it was probably like the low like mentally the lowest point for me because i was like i finished the south island i remember being like i was Fooled myself way too hard. I was like, South Island, hardest island. You got through it. It's going to be a breeze. Stupidest mentality to go with it. Because I didn't realize that, you know, two days after, like, Wellington, you're straight into the Tararoas. Outrageous. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. Hello, North Island. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, definitely a rough wake-up call. I, um, I think it was, yeah, so that. Tarot Rangers, I think it was like, there's like a 40K section of the track that's just specifically designated as like the Tarot section. And I was like, 42K, this is like, oh, I can knock this out in a day. Let's go. And uh, I remember telling dad, I was like, I'm going to get through these ranges. I'll like meet you at the other side at like 5 p.m. at the latest. Whew, yeah, no. Got to about like 5 p.m. and I was like, I'm still so far from you. It's probably going to be like 10 p.m. finished at the latest. And then. It was just, I think, sun started to go down and I was, like, starting to get a little, I was like, oh, man, this is taking me a lot longer than I was expecting. Just, like, absolute mud wall inclines and declines, slipping all over the place. I lost, it would have been, like, at least, at least 20 times I'd fallen on my ass and I was like, ah. Oh. And then as the sun set, I went to turn on my head torch and immediately my torch light just started flashing, like, the low battery thing and I was just like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, oh, that's not good. I forgot to bring spare batteries. <laughs> I was like, so I called that and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm still like a good, like maybe it would have been like 10, 15 Ks from him. And it's like not easy going terrain. And I was like, I don't know what to do that. And he was like, okay, how much battery do you have left on your phone? 15%. He's like, all right, well, use a flashlight on it. And I'm going to start hiking in with the spare head torch and I'll try and meet you. And then that way we can just, I was like, cool. So that was the plan. I just remember uh, hung up. And then I think it was about 20 minutes after that, I dropped out of reception. And uh, yeah, just kept going. And I remember my phone got down to about 3%. And 
and I was still like a good ways away and it was so dark and then I lost where I was. I like lost a trail markers. I mean, it happens all the time, but it was just like this point I was like, my phone's about to die. I've lost the trail markers. I can try and go on my phone and like look on the map and try and see where I am. But if I go on the map, my phone's probably going to die and then I'm going to lose my torch. So I was like, shit, what do I do? And I literally just got there and I was like, maybe dad's close enough that he can hear me. I was like, screw it. And I just started screaming out. I was like, dad! <laughs> and I was like, of course. He was like, it definitely it wasn't close enough. I was like, all right, shit. I had like a mild panic attack just sitting there in the dark. Just like, <laughs> just like, all right. Sort of like, all right, I can I'll just try and retrace my steps and hope that I find another orange triangle. Thankfully, I did. And I managed to get back on the track. And then after that, there was like a couple of, because obviously like the cyclone had come through and there was a few landslides that had like come and cleared out a lot of the track. And there'd just be like the trail and then all of a sudden a massive drop off and you'd see like this pink ribbon going off to the left where you'd have to walk around. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I haven't seen dad and I'm really hoping that he hasn't gotten either lost or has stumbled in the dark and fallen off one of his cliffs. I'd feel so like just, it'd be shocking. And I just like, but I made it through, got to this farmland field, saw the car park. My phone was on 1%. I couldn't believe it had made it the entire way. And I was so stoked. I just remember getting in the van and knocking on it. And I was so nervous that he wasn't going to be in there. And it was like the first two seconds, nothing. And then a muffled like noises. And I was just like, thank God he's in there. <laughs> so he'd, he'd hiked in, gotten lost. And then he was like, nah, he's like, we're going to pass each other. I've just got to go back to the van. Thank God he did. Cause I was like, so worried. We were just going to miss each other. And I was just, it was one 30 in the morning. I was absolutely, I was just so ready for bed. And I was just like, Oh, he's like, I got you something. He brings over a triple cheeseburger. And I was just like, <laughs> this is exactly what I need. Oh, but yeah. So I completely forgot why I went off on this tangent. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was so the North Island definitely I was not ready for not ready for it. Um and uh to go back to it, yeah, it was like so that eventually knocked me back a bit. And then the next day having to go back into the forest again, I was like, Oh, I just don't want to go back into the forest. I know nothing bad's gonna happen, but it's like I don't want to be stuck out there at night again. Um, so that was definitely a bit of a mental hurdle. And then yeah, the North Island was just taking me longer than I was expecting. Because I think there was, like, obviously a bit of, like, cyclone damage and stuff. But I think also mm. just, I was just, yeah, I think I was starting to mentally flag a little bit. And then my brother and my mom came in on the same day and we caught up with them. It was really nice. But then the next day, it was just absolute miserable weather. I think I was just outside of Auckland running along the roads. It was, like, obviously missing the scenery, the South Island, which is so beautiful. It's just, like, roads for ages. It's pissing down. Middle of the day, I think I'd, I think I was sitting on like around 40Ks and I was just, I was like, it's not good enough. I'm not going to make it. I don't want, I'm not going to make it in the six day thing that I want to do. And I'm just like so miserable because I'm just counting my Ks. And then all of a sudden I just stopped. And I was like, I've run 40Ks. I was like, I didn't believe that I would ever be able to run 10. I'm just, and I'm upset because I've only run 40. I was like, that is just the most ridiculous mentality. And I was like, and not only that, I'm outside for the last three, four weeks. I've just been in the most beautiful, like, landscapes. 
running, which is something I really enjoy. And my mom and my brother have flown into the country purely to see me. I was like, I have nothing to be miserable about. And I was just like, it was so weird because it's just like, it was literally like, like a switch just flicked in my head and it was still miserable weather, pissing down. But from that, it just went from like such a terrible day to like, I was just so happy to be there. And I was like, mm. it was just, yeah, it's just, it was actually, yeah, you're talking about, I know um, in the, the episode with the China, just gratitude. And it's like, it, it's so funny because I, I'm very much like, in the sense, it's like sometimes you hear it and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, but it, it, like, it really is important. It's so mm-hmm. important. Like, it makes such a difference. And yeah. But sometimes, and sometimes you have to feel the misery to feel the happiness. Oh, 100%. Like, I completely agree. Yeah. It's uh, like, I mean, there's so many times where, you know, It'd be a, a really long day, but you come in and all of a sudden it's like you get to sit down and even just having a shower is like so amazing because it's like I've been out, I haven't seen like dad for a couple of days, I smell terrible, I'm just like completely muddy, but I get to have a warm shower and that is fantastic. <laughs> I actually remember, I think it was in Boyle, there's like a campsite there uh, where they, uh, if you're a t- like a, a, a trail walker, you can use the shower facilities. And um, I was really stoked about that. But I, I hadn't showered in a cut, it was like two or three days. I was just like so excited to have a shower. And not only that, I was like, when I got in the shower, I'd been refraining from scratching all my like sand fly bites. And I was just like, this is the day I caved. <laughs> and I was in the shower scratching my bites. And I was like, I was, I was literally like pleasure sound just coming out for me scratching these bites it's like if anybody walks past a shower right now it's gonna sound suspect as i'm just sitting there like this is the best feeling ever like, i didn't care i was just like i'm just so happy to scratch my sand bites right now it's little things oh goodness oh, it's so it's so nice to hear like and i think that's the thing isn't it like we we even like with gratitude it's a much of a muscle although it's a you know it's a it's not a literal muscle, but um, it's even hearing you say that, like it's the first day of winter when we're recording this, you know, um, we're thinking about, you know, it's mid-year and you think, oh, and hearing you recount that story, it lifts the spirit, eh? It's just that kind of shared, like, because we've all had moments like that. I mean, again, not to, not to labor the point, but, you know, not having run across the country, but... Um, We've all had moments like that, eh, we can relate to and that sort of shared both ways, shared misery and shared like just like, yeah, that was oh, amazing. Hundred percent. It's it's just it's a very I think it's just a, such a fundamental human thing, right? Like and I I love I don't know if it's like a just a Kiwi term, but I'd never heard of it until I was over there. It was like type one and type two fun. And it's like <laughs> I just think that is the like that is the best mentality. Like, I love that. <laughs> It's one of my favorite expressions now. <laughs> oh, it's just type two fun. It's, it's be fun. <laughs> okay. That's fun in the rear view mirror, isn't it? That's yeah. the thing. When, you, when you're staring out the windshield, it's not fun. But when it's in the rear view, you're like, that was pretty fun. Exactly. And I was, that was really, I was like, I think um, Brooke, Brooke might have been the first person to tell me about that. Because she came and rode a bike next to me when I was running through Queenstown. And um, she was like, sort of saying, she was just saying, she was like, even the miserable days, she's like, you can have plenty of them. They're going to like suck. But she was like, enjoy it. She was like, just 
because you'll find yourself when you finish even those crappy parts you'll miss and i was just like nah no way there'd be the points where i was sitting there just like no nah. like i'm so excited to get home and just you know have a comfortable bed not have to stress about anything dates like literally first day back at work i was like get me out of here i want to go back on the trail i would do it all over again just give it back to me. <laughs> it was just yeah it's honestly like it's just yeah that, re- that reintegration's hard, isn't it? It's it's like when you it feels like when we do these things, we sort of run away and join the circus, and and have those moments of you know unrestrained fun, be it type A, type type B, type one, type two, um, and then that that reintegration is 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 very hard. How long did it sort of take you psychologically? To be honest, I think it's still kind of taking me a little bit. Um, it's been so. Adam doesn't know this, so this will be, I'm sure as soon as he hears it, he'll like <laughs> be on my case. I haven't actually submitted um, my thing to the FKT yet. Um, and that's just because it was really, I like, I was, I've, I've been, um, I sort of made the decision because I was tossing up whether to do it or not for a while. I, um, I kind of went through this weird, it was, I think it's all part of just like coming back to normal life, but like, it is a little bit to do with um i mean everyone experiences imposter syndrome a little bit but i was like it's really yeah it's 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 funny it's like um because i'm I'm not like i guess i'm such a new runner it was like i kind of felt like i'm not really a runner and then with the with the cyclone coming through and I guess there was closures and, and we, we, we took like like bypasses and stuff. It was just really weird. I was like, I still remember it was the last day. And I was about 20Ks out from the finish. And I was sitting there with my sister and my dad, just like sort of fueling up for the last 20Ks. So dad was just looking at me, he was like, well, what's up? And I was like, like, I've cheated. So, <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, it's like, I just, I feel like I've cheated. And I have never, like, <laughs> the look on his face, he's just like, he's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, and it was just like, and he was just, yeah, it's just, it's, we get so in our own way sometimes. We have such, like, we just, our brain is so great at warping our own perceptions of the things we do. And it was like, mm-hmm. sitting there and he's just like, he was like, you're an idiot. He was like, I have literally been here with you every step of the way. He was like, you haven't cheated. He was like, you've just, he's like, it's literally just, it's a part of the trail. It's just, you, you take whatever comes and you do the best you can. He was like, and you have done that at every step. And I was just like, I think part of the reason why I, yep, yeah, I mean, part of the reason for the whole, whole thing was because I, I guess, I know, we, we all sort of feel, I guess, I struggle with imposter syndrome a little bit and it's just, I think, I've kind of wanted to um, do something to really push myself because I, I guess, you know, to figure out where your limits lie and, and I guess shatter certain perceptions you have of yourself. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I think, coming back to it, it was like my brain is so used to, like, it, it can't, I'm str- like tr- trying to wrap my head around the fact that I've, like, 
done this is it's taken me a while and it's like my brain's trying to throw up these excuses or to like to invalidate it which is is so funny like it's like Mm -hmm. um and so i think after i finished and i kind of came back to work and everything sort of settled back in it was like i didn't really have this clear-cut goal anymore of like you just got to get to this point every day it's there's nothing else to think about i was like there's definitely been a transition um but i think that was kind of the really cool thing about going to Katoomba um, and sort of sit, meeting so many other runners. It was like, we all have this stuff. That was like one of my biggest takeaways is we like, we're all, and that's part of the reason why like, I enjoy this podcast so much is that like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like David Goggins does incredible stuff, but his mentality is just, I, I it's not, I think it's not for everybody. who's like this hard all the time kind of thing. I just, uh. it's, um, yeah, I think you guys are very much like, you know, you have your good days and you have your bad days. And it's like, I really appreciate that. Like, <laughs> uh, like the anti Goggins. Um, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I, yeah, I mean, this I, is no, just, sorry. I'm a world champion at getting in my own way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've got a PhD in it too. Uh, you know, so I, I, I hear you. And, and, and then the other side of it, we've all been through those sort of, Monday morning blues after a race, but I cannot even imagine what that's like after you've done something like, you know, what you've done. I mean, there must just be like, you know, a million times. Um, so I get it. I get it that why you would be in that frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's just going to be a process of working through it. And, oh, you know, definitely. And I think like I've de- so. Going down to Katoomba, I spoke with it with Brooke about it a little bit. And I was like, just her sort of being like, oh, it's ridiculous what you did was awesome. I think that was like a nice thing. And then like, um, I just kind of was like sitting there and it was like chatting to dad about it when I because uh, so um, we're about two hours away from the Blue Mountains. So before I went up there, I went back home and I was speaking, speaking to dad and mum. And he was just like, he's like, you never really set out with the intention of having this kind of record anyway. He was like, and that's not what it's about. He's like, no matter mm. what, even if it like, even if it doesn't happen, that's perfectly fine. And he's like, basically he was like, that wasn't your intention. You did everything you set out to do and you should be proud of that. And so I sort of dwelt on that for a little bit. And then I was like, I've been meaning to, I've just work's gotten in the way, but it was like last week I sent him a message and I was like, this is a stupid question, but you know, We'll we'll have these stupid questions sometimes. But I was like, "Are you?" I was like, "Are you proud of what we did?" And he was like, "You're right. It is a dumb question." <laughs> it's like, of course. And I was like, "Awesome," because like I am too. And I was like, "I want to submit this F. Like I want to submit this FKT submission, even if we don't get it. I'm still proud of what we did." So I was like, "It just it's been a process of just you know accepting that, and now it's just a matter of time, me." you know, not being lazy and getting to it. <laughs> what, what do you have to submit? Oh, it's just um, downloading your sort of like map files and then uh, you've got to, I think you have to write right. out like a, like a sort of, not a plan, but like itinerary of the days you did. So I'll, uh, yeah. I'm planning to get to that this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. What was it like to actually reach the top? Oh, it was epic. It was, uh, my favorite part about it was that so for the longest time, you obviously daydream about the finish. And it's like, 
I'd always it's just pictured running into the end. My favorite part about it is that the last one k, we walked. It was great. Walked across the finish line, and it was just the reason why we walked because it was I wanted to cross the line with my dad and my sister, and so like we walked to the lighthouse together, and that was that was really really nice. And my sister had made me a like hobbit outfit to wear. It was like a costume, and so I was wearing that. I was barefoot. It was like <laughs> it was great, and then uh. Yeah, Adam had, I didn't realize, but he, he convinced him to buy champagne and give me the whole champagne showers thing. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty awesome. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed a whole lot less the uh, classic Aussie shoey. That was a bit brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> did, oh, they would have saved your shoe too because you were barefoot, so they would have had one ready. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> What's what size feet? What size what size foot do you have? Um, about like a ten and a half. <laughs> okay, so you can get like a good half liter. Oh yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. solid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what beer we actually used. Oh. No, I was. I thought it might have been the the water water, water changi, but it wasn't. It was something else. But that beer is classic. I mean, it's, it doesn't taste fantastic, but it's it's a. Uh, Man, yeah, I love the love the jokes on the on the pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's um Lee Hart. Do you, yeah, yeah, incredible, Alex. Th- this has been a wonderful conversation. The w- I mean, you know, the words in this culture, epic, inspiring, blah blah blah, get thrown around an awful lot. Um, thank you. It, that was so insightful into in, into what happened. I mean. Alex, we're going to ask you the question. I, I think you might have just summed it up. Do, do you happen to have a, a greatest run ever line around there? Oh, that's a. Uh, I knew this was coming because I mean I've listened to a few episodes. So I was like, it's going to happen. Um, I've been trying to decide. There's, I mean that la- the last day was definitely pretty special. Um, outside of that, I think my favorite day. So, I mean, I loved the Tongariro Crossing and the last day. They're definitely, like, two of the tops. But, like, outside of being, like, big moments, my just favourite kind of casual, always in, like, on the trail, like, normal day was uh, Tekapo and um, going up to, I think it was Camp Stream Hut up there. That was a really cool day. So it was like, you know... The bluest water you'll ever see in your life, just running around these like just amazing lakes. There's views of like just incredible mountains in the background. And for the, I think that was one of the um, first days where I was able to actually stop, sit down, and have a coffee with dad. And Adam came and met us and had like coffee with us in Tekapo. That was a really nice way to start the morning. And then from there, I just was sort of shot up. And then Adam came and met us and ran with me for a bit and came up and stayed in the hut. And my dad also hiked up and stayed in the hut with us. And I was just like, wow, it was just a really, it had all my favorite parts of the trail wrapped up in the one. So it was like beautiful scenery. Got to be there with dad and Adam, which was sick. There was like other hikers staying in the hut who were also super nice. And it was just cool to just sit down and make dinner and just chat to the other hikers and just, you know, and being able to drink, oh, this is just, 
I mean, not particularly for this particular day, but just being able to drink water straight from the streams, that is still one of, hands down, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. It is amazing. (laughs) But yeah, that was a, that was a cool day. I really liked that run. It was just, it had a bit of everything there for me. (laughs) Look, Alex, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. You know, not only as Matt said for the inspiration and the epicness of it, but also your vulnerability. We really appreciate it. And it's, um, it's great to talk about that sort of stuff as well. Thank, Thank you. you guys for having me. I like lit. It's really funny, but it's like ever since I listened to the book episode and was kind of like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I was like, maybe one day I'm going to get on it. <laughs> so it's been, it's been really cool. <laughs> Round it <laughs> out. And, uh, and I mean, the only reason, I mean, the big reason why I guess I feel pretty comfortable talking about that sort of stuff is like, you know, I think you guys are just you bring a very human presence to everything and it just makes me, I don't know, it makes me feel like, I, I'm assuming it makes a lot of other listeners, but it's just, you know, it makes you feel okay to be human. That's really nice. Appreciate so, that. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Catch us later. I love how uh, he retells that story of Brooke messaging him because she must started. get so many people contacting her going <laughs> yeah. hey i want to run to you yeah, yeah okay yeah, sure, yeah do this yeah. do this do this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i'll never hear from you again yeah absolutely yeah. Also, i didn't understand you were serious also listen to dcr can change your life proof mm. there you go absolutely and to wow. give you an indication like i was hanging out with adam whilst uh and, and brooke whilst they were here for the the backyard mm. whilst uh alex was finishing his run and Ad, adam came back he'd been running with him for three days he was pretty smoked mm. you know as for all sort of alex's humility and 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 his his warmth and gentleness he wasn't yeah falling around yeah. up there yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. for sure and he was running uphill yeah that's right <laughs> Is, is that how New Zealand works? Is, is it uphill one way and down the yeah, next? Well, look at the globe, you know. True. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was flat. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very <laughs> Let's keep it current, current affairs. Thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio, and you can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, like and follow if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can read them on the website too, get a bit of inspiration, and send them into us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, for the Faster, Currens, and Sally. Don't forget to pre-order a pair of those carbon RCs. And thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Stay tuned for our show in two weeks when we've got another great guest lined up. Hey, Kona, hey, Kona. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>